Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. If you go to any main street right now, you'll likely be struck by the number of job ads stuck in shop windows. And it's not just the retail and hospitality sectors that are short-staffed. Schools, childcare centres and hospitals are also desperate for workers. Today, for Corners reporter Adam Harvey, on the communities at breaking point as the nation struggles with a severe labour shortage and what it means for future generations. Adam, as part of your reporting for Four Corners, you spent a fair bit of time in the regional city of Griffith. That's in the River Reno region of New South Wales. Just tell me a bit about that city. Well, it's a very pretty little town of about 30,000 people in southern New South Wales. It's surrounded by citrus orchards and vineyards and the almonds right now, the almond trees are all flowering. So it's, it's mm. a, a spectacular place. What we're doing right now, we're changing the older plant, putting a new one in. A lot of the development of the agriculture in the region was done by Italians in the 50s, Italian migrants. Tons of Italian restaurants, Italian surnames throughout the town. I think I met three people with exactly the same name, <laughs> uh, Patrick Cirilli. So you can... You can... You can see how uh, how Italian the place is. Mm, you can certainly get a good pizza there, but what actually took you to Griffith? Well, I, th- I think it is a kind of a microcosm of a national problem or it's a place that demonstrates what's going on with this issue of the worker shortage across the nation. The Albanese government is looking at how to ease major labour shortages at its job summit late next week. There's a vacancy for every unemployed person, so no slack in the labour market. And that's never happened before. Griffith is a hub. It's it's an agricultural and industrial hub. Uh, It's got a big hospital and a big school. It is thriving, but it should be doing so much more. A lot of places are being held back simply because they can't get workers. You know, you feel that when you walk down the street, every single business is short-staffed. Some some short one or two people, some chronically short. You know, you've got, for instance, the local McDonald's franchisee needs 50 more staff. The, the chicken factory uh, needs another 200 people. The engineering facility that makes uh, graders and things like that needs another 25 people. Uh, the hospital is down by about 50 people. The school needs eight more full-time teachers, which doesn't sound like a lot, but but the flow-on effect of that is enormous. You mentioned, Adam, that there's all sorts of industries that really need workers in Griffith, and it's not a problem unique to that city. It's a problem across Australia. But one of the most confronting places, I thought, that you went for your story was to a GP clinic. There's three GP clinics in, in Griffith, or at least three. Uh, we just visited one. Is Mary working today? She is fully booked today at this stage. Um, if you are able to call, though, you will Dr. be able J. to... Dr J. Uh, Dr J isn't in today. I'm sorry, he doesn't work on Monday. Uh, 
uh, you knew me. No, sorry, she's left us, Oh, has she? Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm okay. sorry. Rightio. What to do now after a brain scan? Yeah. The clinic we went to, there is a nine-week wait to see some of the doctors. Mm. So if you're a crook, you've, you've got to call in the morning and try and nab one of a couple of vacant spots that they hold just for emergencies. Good morning, your health professor so speaking. So the second the phone line's open, the, the half-dozen receptionists are smashed by all of these calls coming in with people desperate to nab uh, the, the vacant spots or the cancelled appointments. Mm. Today? No, I can put you on the waiting list for her today. Extremely stressful for them. You've got the doctors running around. There was one doctor we saw, she was running between three rooms. Is this a typical day for you? To, now is not a good time. Um, I'll talk to you at lunchtime. Just yeah. too busy to chat? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm running three rooms at the moment. It's frantic, so... What does that mean, running great. three rooms? It means that Jackie's seeing... Well, Jackie's got a patient for me. So I'm seeing patients in three three rooms. The situation there is is quite desperate. You ask, you ask some of the doctors, like Dr Marion Reeves, are they, are they missing things? And she says, well, look, you know, we, we're, not, we're not giving people the kind of scope of treatment that we normally would be able to. Um, we give them the time that we need, but I would like to give them more time to be able to, um, you know, do a little bit of preventative health. And how's the um, stress weighing on you of having to rush through uh, the day? I'm not like rushing. No, I don't rush. Just do one at a time. You've got to, you've got to be able to, you know, um, just see one person at a time. But it means that it's, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's a busy morning. Yeah. Just, just but experience helps. Experience helps. Yeah. There's no time to talk about. Uh, anything else or other problems and f of course if you if, if you're sick uh, and you can't nab one of these emergency appointments you're 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 stuck the only thing you can do is go to the emergency department it's it's not feasible no so we all try to keep a couple of reserve appointments each day um, but that's only two or three and as you probably have seen with the cancellation lists I would have 20 or 30 people on a cancellation list most days wanting an appointment I don't think things get missed but things get overlooked Even the reception staff, it's just so difficult for them, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. The, uh, one, of, one of the young workers, Megan, who's 22 years old, she was in tears when we were there because she'd been abused by a, uh, a patient who was so unhappy at being told that, that he couldn't be seen for three weeks. I asked him multiple times to not speak to me like that. Yeah. Please leave. Oh, Megan, I'm sorry you've got to put up with the crap. It's no. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. If you see him walk in the front door, oh. just walk out the back. Oh, I will. Yeah. And it gets harder and harder for them. It's a pretty stark picture, isn't it? How widespread is it? What are the sort of figures that we're looking at? Yeah, well, I think there's half a million job vacancies across Australia at the mm. moment, which is an enormous figure. It's worse in in regional cities than it is in big cities, but it's it's spreading into the suburbs as well. When you look at things like the shortages of chefs, uh, for instance, I think 10 years ago there were 2,500 chefs a year being pumped out of apprenticeships or, or TAFEs. Now there's about 1,500. There used to be about 800 bakers a year coming out of apprenticeships. There's now about 400 mm. in the schools across the nation. The schools could hire another 4,000 teachers or are advertising for them anyway, and that's expected to get a lot worse. So it's a sort of, it's a, it's a problem that, that is flowing on to the next generation really, because a lot, of, a lot of the children 
in these classes just aren't getting the kind of education that they need. It's really concerning. But, Adam, what on earth is happening? I mean, why is this happening? Where are all the workers? Yeah. Well, I, I think two years of no immigration has had a, a, a big impact. The borders were basically closed, so that took out seasonal workers. Mm. People who would have done work like fruit picking have moved on to other work, which is more highly paid. Jobs which don't offer great starting salaries, like childcare, for instance, are really struggling to find workers. The, the hospital nurses are leaving the public system for community nursing jobs. Um, teachers are not finishing training or they're quitting the industry in the first few years and finding other work. And of course, then there's the, the big one, which was the lack of foreign workers. There, there are huge backlogs of visas that, are not, that haven't been processed. Mm, just tell me about that. What did you find in terms of the, these visas? What's going on behind the scenes there? Well, there's about, I think, 10,700 people still waiting to get their temporary skills shortage visa approved. Mm. There's about 60,000 people in line for permanent skilled visas. And you break it down into the specific categories, like registered nurses, for instance, there's 3,000 visa applications waiting to be finalised. Uh, and these these nurses are desperately needed. From what you've described, and it's not a pretty picture, there's a few worlds colliding. Professions like teaching and childcare, general practice, they're struggling to retain staff, maybe because the wages are too low, the work is too demanding. But at the same time, there's been a real drop in the number of migrants coming in. There's this backlog in skilled worker visas. So what, Adam, is the government doing to fix this? Well, the incoming Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, who's been in a job, what, four or five months now, mm. has enacted a surge of workers uh, to try and get ahead of the, the, get on top of the visa backlog. Look, when we arrived in office at the end of May, um, I was genuinely staggered by what I saw. Uh, it was a system that was completely clogged up, um, understaffed, completely focused on, um, you know, bureaucracy and filling out forms. And so they, they announced that they'd try and recruit 500 workers to help with visa processing. Well, what we're trying to do is make sure that visa processing gets back on track and that is what we're doing. Labor has said that it'll increase the number of permanent visas for workers and their families by about 35,000 each year. Mm. They are chipping away at the backlog, but there's a lot of new applications coming in as well, which means that the kind of overall pile hasn't been reduced by that much. There's still a lot of work still to be done. Mm, it doesn't solve, I suppose, also that problem of local people wanting to be teachers or Australians wanting to become GPs. Yeah, that's that's right. Training is a, a big problem. The, the government has announced a lot of extra funding for um, fee-free TAFE places. I think 180000 was the last tranche, but they announced about 300000 before they were elected as, a, as an election promise. Mm. Um, wages is still a huge problem for those industries. It's not very attractive to uh, young people to go and spend a couple of years doing course that'll get them a job which which really isn't much better paid than completely unskilled work like fruit picking, for mm. instance. Uh, I think the, the wage for in the in the childcare sector uh, for an entry-level worker is about the same as a fruit picking wage. Mm. And Adam, what about cities like Griffith, their future? As you said at the beginning, they should be doing so much better than they currently are. 
It's not a quick fix, but there are small fixes, things like getting an extra childcare worker at the childcare centres, which would free up a lot of other parents to work and study. Mm. But, you know, this 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 is a huge problem and the workload and stress is really taking a toll. And, and even in the, the three or four weeks since we were there, there's been people leaving the businesses that we filmed in. The school has lost two more classroom teachers, four admin staff have quit the GP clinic. They've had two nurses and two midwives leave the local hospital. You know, I found my colleagues crying in the in the treatment room or in the storeroom and, you know, you meet up with your friends after work and, you know, they're on the verge of a breakdown as well and it's almost, yeah, you, you see it. Even if it's not you on that day, there's someone and you can see it on their faces. Adam Harvey is a reporter with Four Corners. You can catch his full report on iview. According to the latest OECD economic outlook, Australia is experiencing the second most severe labour shortages in the developed world after Canada. The number of occupations with a skills shortage in Australia has almost doubled over the past year. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.